Yes. He's a very hot date. He's a very nice person. (laughs) 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 Uh, To to find love in a pandemic. Mm -hmm. We found love. Hopeless place. Right, right, right we found love. Okay. <laughs> Can I put it in my mouth? <laughs> That's fine. That's a, you got to change the words real quick so we get um we get to put that in the podcast because of parody law. Is Rihanna going to sue us? Quick, change the words. We found fun in a <laughs> shitty place. Perfect. See, Rihanna, we did nothing wrong. It's all um <laughs> it's all within the laws. Sue us so we blow up. <laughs> Sue us, um, and then, um, like, that's probably the most likely way we could meet Rihanna, right, is in court, and then realize how drop-dead gorgeous we are and have us be models for For Savage. Yeah, Yeah. for Savage by Fenty. Um, Thank you. Mistakes. Okay, so um, I'm Anya Volt. I'm Nicola Matto. And this is Best, Best Mistakes. Mistakes. Um, this is episode four, right? Yeah. We're really cruising along. I can't believe all these years have already passed. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. All of these seasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're recording this on Boxing Day, the holiest day of the year. What is Boxing Day again? Just the day after Christmas. But don't like things go on sale or something in England? Isn't it like their Black Friday? Maybe. I think it's, I mean, I think it's just, we want to squeeze as many holidays out of this season as possible. So we just start, we call every single day a different thing, you know? Yeah. Like the fact that Christmas starts on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, like that's a, that's a wild distance from a holiday to have a different holiday that's about that holiday, you know? I know. We have one more holiday and then it's done until Easter. Thank Um, God. What about, uh, what's it called? Valentine's Day. I mean, I don't count Valentine's Day. I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> what about Galentine's Day? Uh, Galentine's Day is just a sad and desperate day. <laughs> I'm going to get you the best Galentine's Day gift you've I'll ever... I'll get you one too, but I don't like, publicly celebrate <laughs> that day. I think it's really demeaning. <laughs> it really is. It's like, we're not pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not pathetic. The holiday. <laughs> Fuck your love. The holiday. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of the holiday, we just watched we did, the holiday we, we recently. We Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. I like when we have adult women over. <laughs> Daddy, why do we never have any adult girls over? Jude Law, I realized in that movie, definitely has a pretty dick. Oh my God. We and, So while we were watching it. the holiday, there's a few things that came to mind. Um... Jude Law and Cameron Diaz have the same, same face. <laughs> exact same face. Absolutely. <laughs> if you were to just kind of like put like a little bit of a blurry filter over their faces, you'd be like, yeah, that's the same, same person. Same person, yeah. Um, and then they are like fully making out that whole movie. So Kate Winslet got fucked over with her love interest. They were like, Kate Winslet, remember how you're like known for Leonardo DiCaprio being your like love interest in your most famous film? Um, we're giving have- you Jack Black. <laughs> How about this? Jack Black. <laughs> and Jack Black has a certain sex appeal, no doubt. Yeah, I would fuck him, but I'm not. But in a movie it. where the, the in a movie where the main characters are Jude Law, Law. Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, you're like really going to put like, yep. And let's throw Jack, Jack Black, Black in there. <laughs> um, 
And it's more than just his physical appearance. It's everything, you know, like he just he's too, he's a goofball, yeah. which is what he's like. That's why he's charming in the movie. And I get that. But like, yeah, but it's funny that like the woman who has no self-respect and is on this journey of having no self-respect gets like the <laughs> not hot guy. I'm like, what message is Her that? Her story is literally like she has no self-esteem, no self-respect. Yeah. And the she's rewarded with like the guy from School of Rock. <laughs> She's rewarded with tenacious D. She should have ended up with the old man. That's my opinion. Honestly, the real love stories between Kate Winslet and the um, screenwriter that she like develops this unexplained relationship with. Like it's like this entire storyline that has like no real point. I mean, whatever she found like friendship, but it's like a movie that's about love and the majority of her storyline is spent with a guy she doesn't fall in love with. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And Cameron Diaz gets like as much screen time sucking faces as as possible. Kate Winslet gets none. Do they even like, do they kiss? They, they do, right? They, they kiss at one point, but it's like, not really. My favorite, okay. My favorite thing about that movie is that it, takes it's fully like two weeks is the whole storyline right it's Mm -hmm. like the the two weeks that they spend switching houses and then like an extra five days to get to new year's right so it's like total 20 days is the entire storyline and that was enough for them all to just like completely hit reset on their lives (laughs) because of someone they met on rebound (laughs) all of them were on rebound (laughs) and they like presumably move to each other's countries. I mean, we don't really get to see that far ahead in the storyline, but then they all like spend New Year's together as couples and they're like, look at us, just some couple friends. It's so weird. It's like, you don't don't know each other. Yeah. (laughs) Great movie nonetheless, but really weird. Oh, it's a perfect film. We watched, what what other movie did we watch? Home for the Holidays. We watched Home for the Holidays, which we realized is not a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's it's a Thanksgiving movie. It's a Thanksgiving movie. And also there's really no story there. It's a great movie, but there's just no plot. It's like a meandering, like, personal essay. It's also really sad if you take away all of the comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Most comedies are. It's so depressing. If you take away all of the comedy, there's usually a pretty dark underbelly there. Yeah. It's a sad movie. Robert Downey Jr. as a gay brother. It's so hot. Yeah. I mean, my family was obsessed with telling me that I was Robert Downey Jr. in that movie growing up because I too was gay and a brother. <laughs> that was the only so. And he also, much like Robert Downey Jr., I too had a drug problem. Yeah. In my 20s, so. <laughs> I would, I would venture to say you have more in common with that character than those three facts. Yeah. Just yeah. like inappropriate. Yeah. And like not giving a shit about pretense or like, you know, really addressing the elephant in the room at any given moment. Um, I just think it's funny that that's the movie that my mom chose to identify as being like our family movie. Your story. Yeah. As a family. It's like, like, okay, (laughs) tell us how you really feel, mom. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, you know what? Family dysfunction is, um, a tale as old as time. And so that's what makes that movie good, but truly nothing happens in that movie. Just Anne Bancroft being Anne Bancroft. And then it's like implied that Claire Danes is getting railed somewhere. Oh, yeah. And she's like a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. It's like your daughter's getting fucked right now. I love that the controversy of the movie and the family is that the brother is gay. It's very 1995. Yeah. That's like such a huge moment in the film. And like in if it were today, everyone would be like, okay, I have friends in Boston. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, people talk. (laughs) Didn't you ever think how this would affect me? (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody, not even in like the most conservative states do people react in that way about gayness anymore. They're just more like, ugh, you're going to hell. (laughs) 
It's not so much about your own personal reputation anymore if your brother's gay. Well, should we launch into um, mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes? Yeah. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Well, my keepsake of the week is that we spent all of Christmas together, (laughs) you and I, and it was a... (laughs) Just a treasure of a time. It was. How many hours were we there yesterday? Well, I mean, we spent we spent all of Christmas Eve together and then like 14 hours of uh, (laughs) Christmas Day together. Yeah. Like noon to noon to two thirty in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Drinking mimosas the entire time. Yeah. I'm I'm very hungover right now. Um, But that's how you know you had a good Christmas. Um, Yeah. So that would be my keepsake because, you know pandemic Christmas is depressing. So I'm glad that we were able to make the best of it. Um, So that's my cute little keepsake. My mistake of the week would be probably, um, (laughs) I I, I had a good week. I don't know. I would, I I would say letting you drink red wine on my duvet cover. (laughs) Oh, you know, it was an accident. Be quiet. All right. I'm kidding. Whatever. Um, Hot take would be um, that I finally watched It's a Wonderful Life for the first time <laughs> and did not like it. Okay. I'm um, tell me why you didn't like it. Yeah. We we have decided that we, we saved our fight about this for the podcast. <laughs> we already knew we disagreed about this, but we were like, save it for the pod. Um, so It's a Wonderful Life. First of all, I'm not here to be a hater of things that people love. So I will acknowledge that it's clearly like a good movie. I didn't like it. Did we understand the distinction there? Yeah, you're wrong, but continue. Sure. Okay. But I just, I want to like, cause I think it's boring to just hate things that people like. Mm-hmm. And then that's the whole opinion that you have, you yeah. know, that's not how I feel. It's obviously a treasure of a movie and it's old as fuck. And like, obviously movies have gotten better since then in terms of filmmaking, because filmmaking has existed longer. So I'm not going to hold against it how unnecessarily long it is, but it is way too long for the story it's trying to convey, in my opinion. Um, My main issue with it is that, you know, 45 to an hour into the movie is when you actually get to the point of the movie, which is what the world would be like without him. Yeah. And I think that's that took way too long to get to that. But whatever. And then when it shows what the world would be like without him, I don't think the world is bad enough without him. It's like <laughs> I don't a capitalist they, I don't think they're. I don't think they're proving to him quite enough how bad the world is. One of the things is like your your wife is an old maid. She never got married. And then they show her and she's just like a hot librarian. Who's <laughs> <laughs> like clearly just like fine. It's like the poor woman was never validated by a man. So that's why you have to exist because uh, otherwise your wife is a spinster with no point to her life. All right. Well, it was the 40s. Sure. So and also they're right. What do, you, what do you mean they're right? Being unmarried for your whole life as a woman. Ugh. Nika, do not Disgusting. talk to me like this. You know I'm an aspiring spinster, so I want I want I that life that for her. Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> I had no idea. What do you mean? I, I talked about this at aspiring. Length. You've never used the word spinster. I literally, when Midnight Sky came out by Miley Cyrus, I the, my main thing that I said to everyone is that it's an anthem for aspiring spinsters. Well, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, you were just fucking 
high on acid all summer. <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me. And spring, fall and winter. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, I understand. I do like that. It's cut. It has kind of a socialist um, spin to it. Yeah. Who was it? Frank Capra? No. I forget. I did look it up. Well, I do like that there is a socialist spin to it. It's not, in my opinion, um, that well executed with that in mind. To me, all it does is like it shows um, that black people now exist in the town in in the world that he doesn't (laughs) exist. Like the bar is way more fun and there's like black people in it. And that's for some reason a bad thing. (laughs) I haven't watched this movie in literal years. Um, They're like playing like fun music in the piano in the bar. And it's like, they literally, the first black person that's not a, like someone serving white people that's shown in the film is in the like hellscape alternate universe. Um, And then, yeah, there's like the downtown is just like filled with people partying, which if you want to show a capitalist hellscape, Go ahead and do that, but don't do it with like people just like enjoying themselves. Yeah. <laughs> like they're all just like downtown partying and there's like a strip club, which I understand in the forties and still to this day, there are people who Shores. are like, that shows that there's no morals in this place. Sluts and, and to be fair, strip clubs historically are um, unethical, but my, I think for a different reason, which is that how they treat the strippers, not yeah. that there are people that are naked in them, but so I'll let that one slide. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I just don't think the world is, um, that bad that they show him. Mm -hmm. Um, the one thing is that like the guy who he stops from like poisoning the town when he's a kid, um, ends up like going to prison for poisoning the town Mm -hmm. because he didn't stop him from poisoning the town. So a bunch of kids die, I guess that obviously I think makes sense. And then like his kids don't exist in the world that he doesn't exist. So I understand that that like is a, pulls the heartstrings if you love your children to be like, what? Yeah. My kids don't exist. But also like fucking motherfucker, if you if you're wishing you never existed, obviously that means your kids don't exist either. <laughs> so I don't know why an angel had to show him that. I don't know. I'm gonna have to rewatch this movie tonight. I haven't watched it since high school. The yeah. best rendition of It's a Wonderful Life I've ever seen was a play in Providence at Trinity Rep. And I think about it all the time. Was it also like of the length of a Lord of the Rings no, movie? No, but they did it as like a radio show. So like the whole like set of the play was like them. It was like just in like a radio studio yeah. set. Um, so it was really interesting. That's, it was a weird way to do it. I love plays that just kind of force you to be in one space yeah. the whole time. Angela Brazel played the wife. I forgot who her husband was, uh, but it's like her husband in real life. I think it was... I don't remember, but it was really good. I think about it a lot. It yeah. was great. But yeah, I haven't watched that movie in like, I don't know, seven or eight years. The last thing I'll say about It's a Wonderful Life is that um, he went on this big personal journey for the last, you know, hour that he's gone when he like storms out and like goes to kill himself essentially. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and like, so he had all that time to grow and learn. But his family, last time they saw him, like, an hour ago, he was like exploding at them and like breaking shit and being yeah. angry at them for no reason. And he comes back hugging them and there's like no questions asked. They just like forgive him and they're fine. And I found that to be like, if you're going to have a three hour long movie, <laughs> there better be a redemption plot a little bit about him apologizing to his fucking wife and it kids. It was the 40s. I say it <laughs> I would have been like, babe, I'm glad you're feeling better. But like you, need to, to, you need to <laughs> attend some anger management classes if you, if you want this to work. 
work. Um, so that's how I feel. And then, yeah, when the whole town comes together to like pay off the $8,000 that he lost, um, that's all good and fine until, uh, the woman who was like his family's maid mm. also gives him her money. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm, she's like, I've been saving up my whole life for a divorce. I've never for a marriage, like for the, to divorce, but I never got married. It was like the joke. But it's like, but you've been saving up your whole life yeah. and you're just going to give the people who were paying you that whole time the money. money. I just, uh, <laughs> I was, was not impressed. But that all being said, I understand the story in, inherently is like the thought I get and I enjoy it. But yeah, the execution. Um, listen, yeah, it was in the 40s. Does that mean that we have to be like cool with everything that happened yes, in the 40s? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. It's the best time in American history. That's my, that's, that's mine. What are your, what was your mistake this week? Um, I don't really know what my mistake of the week was. Uh, you said this on the last episode, so I'm just going to copy you because <laughs> it's kind of true. My sleep schedule. Yeah. I like have not been able to get out of bed before 2 p.m. Heard that. Um, yeah, I guess that would be my mistake. Yeah. Um, what? But sunlight is starting to creep back into our lives now that we've passed solstice, which Thank is nice. God. Yeah. Um, my keepsake is Christmas, um, specifically singing Christmas carols and then every single song from Rent last night <laughs> yes. while our friend Siler played the piano and sang with me. Um, that was beautiful. While we were on shrooms. That yeah. was a magical hour a traditional christmas day tradition yeah if you had told 13 year old me traditional tradition spending christmas at 25 i'd be very excited (laughs) yeah for sure so that's my keepsake um my hot take is just the controversy that happened on twitter this week with a certain front-facing comedian (laughs) front-facing camera comedian camera comedian on instagram and mostly instagram because they only have what, like 7,400 followers on Twitter. So yeah, I, don't know. I would say just Instagram. Um, the cancellation brigade came out for them. I hopped on it a little bit. <laughs> you sharpened that pitchfork. Sure, yeah, just got a, the pitchfork just a smidge. out of the basement. Um, but I didn't really. I just, the apology was like, in my opinion, dumb. I've always said like, if you're, if you get canceled for like, tweets or like posts that you put up when you were they said they were 19 they were 21 um which was like a weird thing to lie about but either way if you put if you like put them up several several years ago before you had a platform and people whip them out just like don't put up a notes app apology if it's not like just don't say anything at all (laughs) that's what i would do i would just like deactivate my social media and go backpacking for six months like and if you're gonna say something i mean here's the thing uh I haven't been in the hot seat in this way before, so I can't really like I I do. I do take issue sometimes with people being upset at um, higher profile people's apologies for things, because it's like the majority of people who are mad at this person's apology has never had to apologize publicly for something yeah. themselves before. That being said, some of them are just obviously bad apologies, like not even in a PR standpoint kind of way, but just like, just clearly they're just trying to like get this over with, you know, like let's get, let's go back to you all being obsessed with me is the vibe. 
Um, and so if you're gonna apologize for something rather than just like ignoring it till it goes away, because here's the thing with this news cycle, it will go away. Yeah. And they're going to be fine. They're not going to lose yeah. anything. I mean, we saw it happen months ago with like other famous comedians. Yeah. And nothing bad happened to them. Yeah. I mean, their reputation is like a little bit soiled forever with 5,000 people on Twitter, you know, yeah. like the majority of the world goes on not even knowing about the scandal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it reminds me of the apology that happened over the summer from mm-hmm. a similar comedian where it was a like similar famous <laughs> comedian. Not that famous. I know. <laughs> They're friends with this person. Yeah. So. But like both people are people that I think that, that have made me laugh. Yeah. And have been like, you know, not malices to the comedy community necessarily, but maintain certain privileges that helped them like reach um, their like level of exposure. Yeah. He's a conventionally attractive cis white gay man. Right. And um, so there is like an annoyance where like you've been kind of using these privileges to reach a level in your chosen field. Yeah. And then you get called out for like insensitive comments about people who do not have those same privileges as you. And rather than using this exposure that you achieved for any kind of good to like really acknowledge what you've done wrong and like help fix the system that made you both of them pled ignorance. That's the thing. I was stupid at the time. We all were stupid at some time and that's fine. Like that in itself is not a crime. That's not anything. Nobody is innocent of that. Nobody is like, actually, I came into the world and knew everything about every marginalized identity. And I've never said anything problematic once in my life. But if you're going to have, if you're going to sit there on your like internet famous platform and give a four sentence apology for like truly disgraceful things that you've either said or done, um, you might as well. Like consult someone on how to make an, a proper apology and like how to make it right. Otherwise, ignore it till it goes away because it's a phony apology. Exactly. Well, especially like when uh, so much of like this person's like grift with comedy has been like making fun of like dumb, like dumb people, like making fun of like ignorant straight men. Yes. Like, you know, so it's like don't. Both of the people that we're yeah. talking about, that's true. And it's like, a big part of their comedy is that they're woke and no better than yeah, everyone else. And this person's tweets that like they got yelled at for were the first time where I was like, Ugh. <laughs> like they were <laughs> a little bit heinous, <laughs> um, like literally tweeted about like killing a homeless person. And I just think it's really, it's just strange to me. One, that they shaved two years off of their age. And they like talk in interviews about very, being 30. Very Jenna um, from 30 Rock. Of I'm them. like, why did you think that you being 19 versus your actual age of 21 would make it any worse or better? And it, then, to me, it feels like it's an op- like uh, while there's a scandal and I'm getting publicity, I might as well yeah, make, myself should, make myself younger. younger. <laughs> and then also it was really funny to see all of like the like cis white straight girls in this person's comments like accepting his apology when it wasn't theirs to accept and being like, we've all fucked up. And I just wanted to comment and be like, ladies, 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 like he's not going to fuck you. He's gay. Like I get it, but you just look like fag hags. So stop. Like let it go. Well, what's funny too, is that like so much of this person's comedy and this person, it makes me laugh. Like I, there, I, 
they're not my favorite person on Instagram, but they weren't like somebody that was like, ugh. like if their videos came up, I watched them usually because they were usually funny. But the majority of the video was we talked about this was it's just it's a hot person telling you an opinion you already had. Yeah, that's like their uh, their career is built out of like being pretty hot and a little bit self-righteous. Yeah. And just like making jokes about people that we all already hate. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll do a takeover of the grinder Instagram again and talk about it. I don't know. I personally, like, I found them funny when they first came on the scene. And then I just, I said this to you before, I'm tired of, like, cis white gay men making their, like, comedy careers off of being, like, lightly misogynistic and it being, like, edgy. Yeah. Um, It's like, I don't... 100% Yeah, like, I don't really... Go make fun of the other fags. (laughs) <laughs> like you guys are the worst it's it's interesting the more that like you know so much of comedy is making well it doesn't need to be but historically is making fun of other people we do it too obviously yeah. um but when you make a make fun of like entire like entire communities of people the more socially aware society gets the more uh the, the fewer groups of people you're allowed to do that to. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting how like kind of every community of people have decided that the, the, the group that we get to still make fun of is white women, which whatever, that's fine. I don't, don't take it personally. Usually it's funny, but it is absolutely rich coming from white men. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, leave that to everybody else. else. Exactly. Sir. Exactly. (laughs) It's like such, I'm just like, I like, you know, Bill Burr's, like speech. I won't even call it his like set or his jokes about um, how white women need to take their talk into with white men. I agree with that. Like I agree that oh, white was women... a big thing on Twitter. recently. Yes, it I was. totally missed it. I agree. Um, I just don't think that we need to hear it from the Bill Burrs of the world. Yeah. Well, didn't, did, wasn't everyone super into it? Cause he's married to a black woman. Yeah. Wasn't that? Yeah. Which is fine. Like whatever. I, <sighs> I don't personally have um, that much to say about the Bill Burr speech. I just think that's yeah. like the most recent time we like talked about this yeah. as a as a society. No, I totally agree with you. I think like make fun of white women relentlessly, but just like make sure you're not also white because it just like <laughs> really like when white when like white gay men do it, it like truly is like insane to me because so much of like white gay male humor in like culture, quote unquote, is just like being as misogynistic as possible while also like trying to mirror the experiences of women, Mm -hmm. usually black women, but it's just like they do white gay men get away with so much like performance wise. And it's crazy to me that we like look to them for like succinct cultural relevant opinions and humor. And obviously I don't mean all white yeah, gay men. No, of course not. Be, uh, literally the majority of my friends are gay men. <laughs> yeah. Many of them are white. Um, but I just also mean, like, anyone who's friends with us probably agrees with us on yeah, this specific. No, totally. I just, <laughs> I'm sure at some point, some, you know, fag in middle America is going to listen to this podcast and call me a homophobe. So I just had to clarify. Um, Love that. You know, and like I was that white, gay boy before I transitioned. So this is like coming from a place of experience. Sure. Um, yeah. I also don't, I don't hold any disdain for it. I just, it's hypocritical. To yeah. Me. That's, that's, that's really mean. what it is. Yeah. Like I'm especially at this moment in where like the culture is. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Um, but they'll be back in like, you know, three weeks, they wiped their Twitter clean. <sighs> they left up the notes app apology. I'm sure they'll be back with, you know, a redemption video 
very soon yeah. after the new year and they'll be I fine. just think if you if you're going to apologize like take a note out of um like post a video if you mean it. Yeah. Have you seen Jenna Marbles apology video? It's actually no. very good. She no. like she puts the evidence of what she did wrong in the video. Oh, I She's like, like that. I want to show you guys what I did wrong. I'm going to tell you why it's wrong and why I'm so sorry. Oh, so okay. it's like a very well done video. And it's I think like kind of the gold standard of like if you're going to be a public figure that's called out for being shitty. This is if you are going to address it, this is how you should address it. Otherwise, all the vagueness of like there were some things that yeah. I said. It's just like you're going to make me a detective now to figure out what I'm supposed to be forgiving you yeah, for. Right? It's like, also like we know what you it said because it's on Twitter, which is what led to you yeah. making the apology. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I mean, I don't wish any um, ill will on this person. I literally don't know them. I just don't think their apology was good. Yeah, it just confirmed my own annoyance with their whole persona. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what And would we just say that's the mistake of the week? Was there a bad apology or do we have a different mistake of the week? Um, no, I would say that's the mistake of the week, I guess. Unless like we want to get into politics. Go for it. Well, um, I know that I know Trump wanted to give us the $2,000 checks and then the mm, Democrats were mm-hmm. like, we're into that. But the GOP said on Christmas Eve that that's not happening because Pelosi wanted a unanimous decision. Yeah. So I guess that would be just once again, both sides of the aisle really shoving a ch- fucking shaft up our asses. Truly just spit roasting us. Yeah. In a very non-consensual way. Um, <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah, I guess that's real. Th- th- that would be my uh, personal, like, mis- cultural mistake of the week, or yeah. you know, general general mistake of the week. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, yeah, the 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 comedian. I don't think it was high profile enough yeah, to no. be the <laughs> the mistake of the week. Yeah, yeah the mis- and I would say also, I mean, um, literally no judgment on my end because we're too far into the pandemic for me to really be capital J judging people for much. Um, because we're all just trying to survive. But I think the general mistake of the week is just how many people's parents are about to get COVID uh, from from Christmas. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, uh, I agree. I did almost go home. I don't judge anyone for going home. I get it. Um, I don't judge them either, but uh, you know, like it just in a like zooming out, like what's the mistake right now? Yeah. It's like, well, how many people are about to die because we decided we couldn't go one Christmas without seeing each other, which once again, if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, like I literally get it. I know why you went home. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to go home really bad as well. Watch no um, parents die, but all of our friends that we were with die. <laughs> 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 like well, eight of the people that were there last night just all die next week. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think people need to see each other. People yeah. need to congregate. And at this point, I'm done with like, I mean, neither of us have really been on a high horse during any of this. No, I was on a high horse at the very, very, very beginning of the pandemic. Like yeah. pro- March to like early, like mid-April, I was like very uh, gung-ho about yelling at people. And then I immediately was like, mm, it's warm out and I want to go to race. <laughs> and was like, oh, I get it now. Like, never mind. Yeah. I mean, I, ju- I definitely am judging some people. Like, I'm judging the people that, like, went to the lo- those, like, islands, like, those island parties over the summer where it's just, like, truly hundreds of people. Oh, oh the raves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that 
I did. I, I judged it at first. I thought it was irresponsible. But then once I found out that there were no, like, they, no one had tracked any people getting sick from that party. Yeah. I was like, well, like. But see, something being okay in hindsight doesn't make the decision no, itself cool. I know. I'm mostly saying opinion. that I have some friends who were at that party. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> and I probably would have gone if I were invited. So yeah. um, that's why I'm not judged. Because I... I was judging a lot of people in the spring because they were going away. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I can't hear it. They were Elisa's filing her, her nails, nails right now. That's how much she doesn't give a shit. Our about producer's this. filing her nails right now. Wait, wait, shh. Can you hear it? I don't think so. No. Yeah, <laughs> um, um I I was like I'm getting mad at people at the beginning of the pandemic because I like didn't have any portals opening up for me to like get out of the city or like see a lot of people. So it was like mostly like re- like jealousy. Yeah, but I mean, there have been, there have been plenty of things that I have been invited to that I have personally said no to because of my like like I I understand what you're saying and I agree with it to a certain extent, but I I personally think that there are some lines that I would not cross just cuz I would was invited cuz I have been invited to some things where I'm like, mm, "That sounds not chill." Yeah. Um but yeah, I've done plenty of not chill things during the pandemic. Yeah. I think anybody at this point who's like, I've done everything perfect. I'm like, well, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> People who are like, I've been in my house since March and I haven't seen a single person. I'm like, if you're doing that and you don't have any underlying health conditions, like, which make you need to do that, you're a loser. I'm sorry. Like, stop <laughs> tweeting about it. You have developed agoraphobia. Yeah. And you should go to therapy and get that checked out. Like, yeah, sorry. I mean there are more, I think there are a few more things than just if you have underlying health conditions that might motivate someone to do that. I just mean like perfectly healthy people like in our age group who like have been tweeting like little fucking pick me's. Uh, I'm like, who are you trying to get to fucking bat? Like you want Dr. Fauci to eat you out? Like, shut up. No one. I don't care. Well, I think there's like, I think there is, there is a valid amount of resentment that's coming from people who have lost family members to this. Totally. I'm talking, I'm talking about like, these are people who haven't lost people who like are not ill we're like, just like, am I the only one yeah, that's the, still, like these people yeah. on Twitter? And like some of them are like people I like know as acquaintances. So it's like that's how I know that they're just being self-righteous pricks. It's like <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's like you were saying, like some I'm I can see some of your close stories yeah. on Instagram, babe. Another comedian. <laughs> um yeah, talk to tweeting last week, it's irresponsible. Like, bitch. Yeah. I know where you were a week ago. Yeah. Like what? Just like say say it with your chest, be honest. I don't understand like why people do that. Like, I'm not going to lie about where I've been going, who I've been seeing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've been fucking. <laughs> um, I, like, I'm doing what I need to do to not go absolutely insane. And, like, I yeah. don't know. One of my more self-righteous friends during this pandemic, like, she is one of the people I've seen and hung out with. And, mm. like, will still kind of... Uh, post a lot about like uh, just judging other people's decisions during the pandemic. Yeah. And I'm like, if you like, if you were genuinely like staying home and like not doing anything, fucking tweet your little heart out. Yeah. But I've like physically been, been with indoors you. with yeah. you. <laughs> and like, have seen you indoors with like eight people on your close friends. Yeah. Like literally shut up like go get a fucking punching bag and punch it i get it we're all frustrated yeah and and that's the other thing i actually don't judge the people who are judging people 
Like that's <laughs> like, honestly, I'm like, I get it because we're all like going crazy right yeah, now. I do. I, I want to send them to the gallows. But... I just disagree with them. I'm voicing yeah. my disagreement, but I'm also like, babe, I know why you feel this way. Yeah, I know why they feel the way. I'm like, just put it in your fucking diary. Yeah. But like Twitter is our diary. I know. <laughs> we're putting it in our diary, our podcast. You're anyway, right. this week we're talking about a, a um, mistake from a completely different era, back when COVID was merely a glimmer in God's <laughs> eye. <laughs> and um, truly could not be more removed from our current situation other than um, the the there is death due to illness in this yes. mistake. Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about a um, famous... Uh, battle of history where um an army attacked itself <laughs> and that's kind of what Sounds like twitter <laughs> yeah, yeah that's kind of exactly what's happening right now but it's with all these people metaphor. who are like yeah we all want the pandemic to be over and then we just like eat each other alive you yeah. know um so get into it get into it baby <laughs> Some of us still enjoy the art of blacking out. Hi, welcome to the art of blacking out. I'm Anya Fultz. <laughs> and I'm Nico Lamato. Ugh, we've already done this. Okay. And we're here with the art of blacking, blacking out. out. Full disclosure. Blacking out. Full disclosure. <laughs> we have had some wine this episode with our producer, Elisa. We just had some clom corm. <laughs> Please don't tell my sponsor from two years ago that I am <laughs> drinking. If you live anywhere in Ridgewood or Bushwick, you know the power of clum <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a hard time saying that. Uh, the name of that restaurant. <laughs> I'm phlegmy because clum was a little bit spicier than I was anticipating. Wouldn't have ordered a spicy dish knowingly, knowing we were about to record a pod. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, my phone. Because we need to do a listener uh, story. Mistake. That's what they're called. Mistake, yes. Listener mistakes. Okay, we need to pull it together. We have not even had that much wine, and we're talking like um, just a a PTA meeting gone awry. (laughs) Um, Okay, I do have the mistake pulled up. I have not pre-read this, so if it's bad, we'll edit it out. (laughs) Okay, hello, Nika and Anya. It started off innocently enough. I was living in L.A. and needed a doctor to refill my Paxil subscription. Subscription, I think they mean prescription, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully some Adderall in the process. Oh, been there. <laughs> we love a hopefully and some Adderall. Um, I found Dr. S to be a bit odd and and more than a bit hot. But our first few months of sessions were normal enough. I ended up joining a group therapy she led with three other patients. G, who worked in a sex shop. C, an editor prone to hypermania. Probably hypomania, right? Um, (laughs) Nika and I know well enough about hypomania. Mm -hmm. Um, And M, a recovering meth addict pornographer. Ooh, I wonder if they mean that this person did porn. Or filmed porn. Write us back and let us know. 
because I think that's two like very similar life paths will bring you there, but two very different types of people, the people who film it versus the people who make it or are in it. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, one day M came in doped up and with a huge bandage on his back. Apparently, his neighbor's daughter had stabbed him while he was choking out her father during some dispute. I did just actually need to clear my throat, but that felt like an appropriate moment. That night, Dr. S texted me and said, group sure was awkward today, wasn't it? We texted more and it quickly became flirty. You're handsome. You're pretty. You're what Dr. Or what would Dr. Freud say about all this? Are you still there or does this or does the cat have your dot, dot, dot? Okay. This is some malpractice. First of all, I'm going to take a sip of wine. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I ended up taking her on a Pinkberry date. It went okay, and I dropped her off. After I got home, she texted, are you there? I said yes and asked if she was okay. She said no. Thinking of you in your black shirt is driving me crazy. So I went back over. We drove around for a bit. I later realized she was probably on a lot of benzos because she didn't say much, but kept putting her head on me and purring. Eventually, eventually she said, either fuck me or take me home. So we pulled into a parking lot and she said she wait. OK, sorry, I misread that. So we pulled into a parking lot that she said was an FBI office she used to work at. I still don't know if that is true or not. Pretty soon, I was staying with her every night. She had tons of pills around, which my addict ass loved. Um, (laughs) Lots of messed up stuff happened along the way, including a lot of physical and verbal abuse on her part. Eventually, my family found out, and we became afraid they would take legal action against her. So to make it more legit, we decided to get married. The decision doesn't make a lot of sense in hindsight, but there it is. I left her a few months later, went to rehab, and never looked back. Years later, I found out she lost her license to practice medicine. Yeah, duh. (laughs) This couldn't have been her first, like, transgression. Um, She banged another patient who sued her. C, the hypomanic hypomanic editor, also sued her and got $600,000 judgment. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, G came out as trans M went to jail for attempted murder of his neighbor. I'm almost six years sober and have a new wife whom I love endlessly and two young sons. I used to think the story made me edgy or cool. These days I'm super embarrassed about it. So please don't use my name. Thanks and good luck with your podcast. Sincerely leaving Los Angeles. Wait, this story totally makes you edgy and cool. Yeah, definitely. 100%. You went to rehab after the fact. So it's like nothing to be embarrassed about, in my opinion. No. The only person that should be embarrassed and hopefully is embarrassed is that that doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That you, I mean, I want to hear about the, whoa. Oh my God. A crate just fell, I think, from your neighbor's. Sorry for the listener. Uh, Is there some? Is there a neighbor? No, no, there's stuff on the roof. Okay, yeah. What just happened? A crate just fell. A crate fell from. Yeah, a crate (laughs) fell from the roof onto your fire escape. There is a crate up there. It's not full of anything. What is the crate? That was so scary. There's like a milk crate, but it's sitting up, so it had to have been picked up by the wind and flown off. I don't know, but there's a black milk crate up there with nothing in it. Yeah. 
black. It was just a mal. Uh, I mean, I didn't know what color it was because it's dark out. <laughs> I yeah. Okay, yeah, that's my um old roommates. <laughs> okay, well, for the listener, there was just a very scary <laughs> moment where I thought a person fell <laughs> down the like uh, like a prolonged I attempted wish. suicide down the fire escape, but it was um, a milk crate from the roof of uh, Nika and Elisa's apartment. Oh my god! Wow, quite an opportune time because we were talking about a pretty. Spooky <laughs> marriage between a psychiatrist and a patient. Um, yeah, I want to hear about that marriage. Like, I, I imagine it was brief, right? He said like a couple months he left yeah. her. But like, what was I mean, obviously, he told us that it was abusive. And I don't want to actually, you know, pick that wound. But I'm, yeah. I am curious. But if you want to pick it yourself, feel free to feel let us free. know if you're listening. <laughs> feel free to tell us what that was like, because... Um, you gave us the greatest hits, which is all we ask for. Like, you know, you gave us the headlines and we appreciate it, but it is the nitty gritty that is most interesting about those situations. I can't believe she was fully the instigator of that whole situation. Oh yeah. And that was was her best mistake, not yours. Yeah. Seriously. You were like mentally ill and an addict and your doctor was like, Oh, are you an addict? Here's a bunch of free pills and you should marry me so we don't get in trouble. That's also like literally kind of the plot of Nurse Jackie. Oh, yeah, it kind of is. She fucks Eddie. Yeah. Her pharmacist. Well, I'm really sorry uh, leaving Los Angeles about that. I mean, I'm glad you're married and have um, kids and it sounds like you're happily married now. So I'm glad it worked out as often these things do. Often our best mistakes are just... Um, blemishes in our rearview min- window. Our biggest triumphs <laughs> are our best mistakes. And um, sounds like you have a, you're leading a beautiful life now. Yeah. But I am really sorry that happened. And I want you to hey, I want you to, I want you to know that that was not. While that may have that you know that was a mistake on your part in some ways, it was mostly on her, in my opinion. I agree. She was the professional. Yeah. Fully, you were seeking professional help. Like you knew that you there was something wrong and you were seeking professional help. And while uh, you may have still been, you know, hoping you'd get Adderall out of it or whatever, like you were still seeking help and the help then took advantage of you. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to have to slap a trigger warning on this episode, too. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Every episode, we're good. just a blanket trigger warning. Yeah, we're only doing one. One. We've already done two. No more for the rest of the pod. Just a general trigger warning. Because that, that I'm be going to say it is kind of assault again. Yeah. Because it's a it's you know a difference in power when your doctor lays one on you. It it's a gray area. I'll say it's gray area. Yeah. Okay. Agree. So would you like to kick us off with a deep dive mistake from your past? Deep dive. Deep dive. Yeah, I mean, um, this has me thinking of one really short mistake, one longer one. Um, The first one was just that... um, my drug problem, which I've spoken about on our first episode with stimulants, started out 
pretty much when I um, moved back to New York after I'd been studying abroad in Brazil and my best friend at the time who I was living with, um, she'd been prescribed Adderall for years and because her mom is a doctor, she like would never give it to her friends herself wouldn't give it to us, anyone, but I knew where she kept it. So it just made me think of when we were living together, how I would go into her room every morning when I heard her in the shower and take out two extended release. No, four, four extended release Adderall. Cause she didn't take them regularly. Uh-huh. Right. She so was she like, just didn't so she notice. didn't know. Yeah. I think she ended up finding out cause when she kicked me out of the apartment, she alluded to some things and I think she's too dumb to have known, but she may have. It's the first time I'm talking about this. Um, I like was like fully nurse Jackie. I would like crush them up with like a butter knife in my room and snort them. (laughs) But I was like also on not only estrogen, but I was on spirolactane. So for like any trans girls listening, you know how bad spirolactane is, which it's a testosterone blocker and it makes you feel fucking crazy as shit. And like physically, if you're not eating and you're abusing stimulants, which like my diet, my sophomore year of college was, or that semester was coffee all day, cigarettes, weed, Adderall. And I wouldn't eat. Okay. Kate Moss. I was so skinny and so hot. Um, and (laughs) I would constantly so skinny and so hot would constantly be on the verge of fainting because I was stealing Adderall from her. But the other story, um, is my drug dealer in my neighborhood in Providence. Uh, We like always had like a flirtation kind of like he was like a belligerent white straight guy cokehead who like was actually a fount of wisdom. If you just started hanging out with him (laughs) at four in the afternoon before he started becoming unintelligible when he would speak, because by like eight o'clock at night, he would be like, like, that's what he sounded like. And would be like walking into walls and people would be like, the fuck is wrong with that guy? And I'd be like, that's like, my friend. Leave like a him. video game character that's yeah. just like on walk. And I'd be like, he's really smart. Leave him alone. <laughs> and then I would like take his Coke orders for him and like go uh, like get the Coke for people. We all have a. But I ended up after he broke up with his girlfriend. Oh my God. If you're listening, I'm sorry. I've never told her this. And she would literally <laughs> fly to New York and kick my ass. Should we bleep out their names? No, I want them to know. Um, <laughs> they're literally both po- characters in the pilot I'm writing. So um, we should use the word allegedly, though. Yeah. Allegedly, they dated. Um, I mean, for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I like allegedly they were in a relationship. But I don't know. Anyway, it's the one time. It's the one time I broke. Allegedly, girl code. she would come kick my ass. Yeah, it's the one time I allegedly <laughs> broke girl code. And <laughs> like, I, these are not. I meant allegedly about anything about them. (laughs) But like allegedly um, he lived in a house that was allegedly I fucked her over. (laughs) He lived in a house in a tenement that that was on the same plot of land as her tenement. Right. It was like separated by a parking lot. And one night I went over and I slept over and I let him slip a single finger inside of my vagina. (laughs) Which is about all that can fit. fit. Right. Uh, Yes. And we'll get into that. soon um but to any hot guys listening you can't fuck my vagina but you can slip some fingers in and that's all a girl ever wants anyway and that girl is me um 
I let him finger yeah, me. So I want to be. I want to be clear. I want. I personally want two fingers. I, I want to be split open, but in my butt. Um, <laughs> and I let him finger my vagina, my pristine, brand new vagina, for free coke, fresh off the shelves, fresh off the boat. From Bangkok, <laughs> from Bangkok, Thailand, my pussy Debbie Reynolds. I let my drug dealer, who was like 34 years old, finger me at four in the morning for free coke. And then I woke up at like 7 a.m. and looked at a mason Wait, but jar. did you get free coke out of it? Yeah. Okay, well then but I like, done But deal. I had to like wake up sober and look at his mason jar full of piss because he would piss in his room instead of going to the bathroom and literally like, wa- like walked like a movie like villain trying to rob a bank out of the apartment thinking was waiting in the window across like looking at me with a knife out because she would like she would kill me I remember I like told my best friend and my best friend was like so you're using again allegedly she would allegedly she would allegedly kill me and I allegedly I told my I told my best friend about it my best friend was like are you allegedly using again and I was like that is so not what you should have taken from this story you're like yeah I'm doing coke again but that's my business um so I get it um, Mr. LA. Mr. Leaving Los Angeles. Mr. Leaving Los Angeles. I get it. We've all been there. We've, we've all fucked our dealer. But I'm not embarrassed by it. <laughs> Which, in your case, was your licensed psychiatrist. Yeah, and mine was just my very friendly and like, why is a belligerent coke dealer? And he's not one anymore. He married a nice rich girl from the or and got engaged to a nice rich girl from the Burbs. And Good for um, him. Get out, of, get out of that life. And now he's not on coke. Neither are you. Right now, yeah. For the most part. For the most part. At this moment. At this this moment, moment, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we've discussed you're a great liar. Yeah, I could be right now and you guys would not. I'm like Edie Falco and Nurse Jackie. I think I would know. I'm at my best. I think I would know. Elisa and I just gave each other a look. We would know. You would think. Out of, okay, out of all the people in your life, though, we would probably be the first ones to figure it out. Well, you would know because I would be like sending you really sentimental texts I know. at four in the morning. Well, okay. Because especially now that you don't have a Twitter, I would know. Oh, yeah. You would know. Because <laughs> you... Now I want You text me instead of tweeting, <laughs> which I think is... <laughs> okay. Your your body immediately punished you for <laughs> that thought. That. To anyone listening, I said I wanted Coke and then I moved my head and my neck immediately... Spasmed. Just spasmed. <laughs> You're so, like... In immediate pain. So my body said, no, you want ketamine, the softer stuff. Okay. I, yeah, I have to say I, because you've replaced tweeting with texting me, I think I would know, but if you got a Twitter again, I would still know because I'm, I follow your Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) So I would know. And we're leaving it at that. (laughs) Um, so this transitions perfectly in today's best mistake from history. Best mistake. Um, because both your mistakes and the listener's mistake had to do with substance abuse. And in many ways, so does this mistake from history. So the Battle of uh, Karen Sebis. Is that how he said it? Do you remember? Yeah, it is. Okay, great. Karen Sebis. I'm so um, self-conscious of how I pronounce things in Western or Eastern Europe because it's right on the edge of being like uh, either like Persian or Asian that it could be problematic for me to not pronounce it correctly. Mm. But while it's still white, it's fine, right? For (laughs) me to not pronounce it correctly. Great. Um, So anyway... The Battle of Karen Sebis of 1788. So this is a deep, deep cut 
of mistakes. And hopefully we do more of them because while researching this, boy, did I fall down a rabbit hole of mistakes that this same family made over and over again. And I will clarify very soon. So the Battle of Karensebis was a battle of the um, Austrian and Turkish war. At the time, it was the Ottomans versus the Habsburg monarchy. But um, I'll be the Ottomans being the Turks and the um, Habsburgs being the Austrians. So I'll kind of use them interchangeably throughout this because um, modern day Turkey and modern day Austria are like who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But the Ottoman Empire, for context, was a state that controlled much of um, Southern Europe, Western Asia, Northern Africa uh, between the 14th and early 20th centuries. Um, They're a dynasty of like Turkic origin, but they were, um, for all intents and purposes, a very Persian dynasty. They had very Persian like language, culture, uh, religion, etc. So simultaneously, something that was existing was um, the Habsburg monarchy, which was from um, 1282 to 1918, which is approximately the exact same amount of time. So like the Habsburg monarchy and the Ottoman Empire were two enormous forces that ended up fighting each other several times for different reasons throughout their like centuries rule. Both of them ruled basically Western and Eastern Europe separately. Um, And so therefore fought over territories a lot. Um, And during all of that, the Russian empire was still a thing too. So a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, egos in the mix. Um, And this actually was more of a Russian empire war than um, it had anything to do with like the Austrians because Habsburg monarchy had already declared um, an alliance with the Russians. So they like, this is really like an obligation war, you know, Mm -hmm. they're like, we're allies. Fine. I'll do it. Like, it's like they made plans on Sunday for the following Friday and then Friday rolled around and they're like, Oh, I thought you were going to (laughs) cancel. So that was kind of the vibe of this particular war. Um, that ended up being kind of like the most embarrassing thing the Austrians ever did. So a little bit of context on the Habsburg monarchy. Um, House of Habsburg is another thing that they're called. House of Austria is what they're called. They're one of the most influential royal houses of Europe, their most famous member of which being Marie Antoinette, if you want a little bit of, um, you know, an idea of exactly the level of like pure power hungry, rich bullshit we were dealing with. Um, And also we will be doing an episode on Marie Antoinette. We have to. Like the mistake queen. Um. So, but this was this was the mistake of her brother Joseph II. So we'll put a pin in Marie, and we'll come back. But right now, we're going to talk about her dumbass brother. <laughs> he didn't even save her when she needed him. No, what a but, bad brother. But you know, he was up to other stuff. Um, so the the House of uh, Habsburg also produced kings of Bohemia, Hungary, Croatia, um, uh, Galicia, Portugal, and Spain, as well as they uh, rulers of uh, principalities of the Netherlands and Italy. Hey, us. Hey, bibbidi bobbidi over here. Hey, skibbidi bats, kid. <laughs> That's Italian for I love you so much and you're great. Mine was Dutch for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not on. 
but you know, you're Italian, I'm Dutch. I thought it was cute that that was the two principalities that cute. they ruled. It's like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Um, and then they were emperors, same house of um, Habsburg, emperors of Austria, Austria-Hungary, <laughs> which was, I guess, a separate thing at one point, and Mexico, uh, randomly. I mean, I knew they were a kingdom at one point. I know, but like... You know, it, it's it's one of those things where you're like, you know enough about the history crazy, to kind of crazy. get a like I knew Mexico was ruled by Europe at one point, but I didn't know specifically this house, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, and farther in the future, they were um, one of the enemies of our of <laughs> famously Hitler, <laughs> which is I think, you know, they're kind of a dumbass house. I'll be honest. Um, House of Habsburg does still exist. There is still like a ruler of that house. I forgot his name. But... All of their great, 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 great grandkids go to Parsons. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're like the same way that every royal family now kind of means nothing. That's like their vibe now. But um, during World War One and World War Two, um, they became like active enemies of Hitler because Hitler specifically um, hated them for their principles of allowing local communities under their rule to maintain traditional ethnic, religious and language practices, which is something that I think, you know, if you're going to be a colonizer, that's a pretty, <laughs> that's a dope way to do it. It's like a cool mom. Colonizer yeah. Thing. It's a cool mom colonizer thing. I don't think that they should have ruled anybody. You know, I'm not a huge fan of empires in general, but I think uh, I do like that they let people keep their languages and religious beliefs um, and ethnic traditions. But that is actually the thing that causes this great mistake. Whoa. So <laughs> let's circle back. So um, the Habsburg-Ottoman War, which is also known as the Turkish-Austrian War of um, 1788 to 1791, was because Catherine the Great of Russia had an ongoing conflict and an open hostility against the Ottoman Empire. And so in 1787, the Ottomans declared war against the Russian Empire because of just like kind of a laundry list of bullshit that was going on between the two of them. Um, they were constantly fighting over territory territories. They were kind of like um, just kind of bad mouthing each other. And so finally the Ottomans had enough and they were like, fuck this bitch. Um, we're coming to get you. So Catherine was like, great. Uh, she got Joseph on the phone, probably not the literal phone. It was the 1700s, was but like she was dove. like, <laughs> yeah, she, she just tied a letter to, um, a pigeon's toe and, uh, sent a message over to Joseph the second that was like, Hey bitch, remember how we're allies? Yeah. I have a fight. I have a battle. I need you to fight. So, um, Joseph the second famously brother of Marie Antoinette, um, was obliged to assist the Russians um, because they have, they formed an alliance like literally six years before that. So it's like fresh. And he was like, fine, I'll do it. But um, mostly he just didn't want to upset Catherine because the Russians were known to be ruthless enemies and he just wanted to keep them as an ally. So he just like immediately said yes, not really knowing what he was getting himself into because um, – if he had known, he probably would have actually found a way to hard pass. Mm. Um, Cause at the same time he was going through the Belgian revolution, which didn't actually come to full fruition until actually he had already died, but it had started brewing at that time that Belgium was trying to leave the um, Habsburg monarchy 
and declare their independence. Same time, rumblings of the French Revolution were happening. It's all late 17, like basically 1790 is when all that came to fruition. But like late 1780s is when people started to basically where we are right now in America. Mm -hmm. People were like upset and they were like sick of the same old kings and queens of the same family in every country. What? Jealous haters, (laughs) really. Sick of the nepotism. Sick of the, yeah, the same family controlling everything. And um, so he was already dealing with instability in his own um, monarchy. At this point, he is the emperor of, um, what is it called? Whatever. Whatever Rome was called at the time, like the Roman Empire, but it was called something else. But he is like the sitting ruler of that entire part of Europe. Mm-hmm. Um And he was a Pisces. (laughs) I did look this up. So we are dealing with a slithery motherfucker. Such a fishy, slithery fuck. Um, He was born in 1741. He died in 1790, the year of everything hitting the fan. So he actually never really saw the Belgian Revolution, the French Revolution. He never saw his family get overthrown because he died of an illness literally moments before it all came to oh, pass. Lucky him. I know, seriously. Um, so he he never saw his sister truly get fucked. <laughs> 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 Fucking beheaded. But um, he did see the rumblings of it. And so he knew he was in a he was in a vulnerable position. He knew that shit was unstable. He knew he couldn't sacrifice his alliance with Catherine is the point of this whole thing. Catherine the Great. So he was like, fine, we'll fight the stupid war. (laughs) I'm sure that's how he said it too. Um, So he actually spent um, a lot of the war on the front lines, which is something I do kind of respect in principle. Like if you're going to be a king and you're like, if you're going to be a monarch, um, if you're, if you send your people to war, you should fight it with them. And he did do that. Um, but unlucky for him, there were like a shitload of epidemics kind of spreading in the front lines, one of which being malaria, um, a few others. Uh, and so the Austrian army was dropping like flies. He was among the ones dropping like flies. He got really sick. He did end up dying pretty much immediately, but in the meantime, was not a good ruler. Um, and you need a good leader in a war situation. Um, another one of their downfalls is that none of the army spoke the same language because he ruled Europe, which he allowed all of them to speak their own languages, practice their own religions, practice their own ethnic traditions. So because of that, when they actually all actually went to war, um, they didn't speak the same language. So he was speaking German. He and his, his Austrian friends and German friends were speaking German, But they had soldiers speaking French. They had soldiers speaking Dutch. They had soldiers speaking Italian. Um, It's like the Tower of Babel. So there were communication issues. People were dying of illnesses. Um, Yeah. And and this wasn't even their war they were fighting. It was Catherine the Great's war. So there was like low morale, you know? They were like, why are we fucking here? So this all culminates in the September of 1788, Kind of right before he dies. He dies in, um, oh, two years before he dies. But he's already sick, I think, at this point. But he dies in um, February of uh, 1790. So he's sick. All this shit is happening. Nobody speaks the same language. Yeah, we have Czechs. We have Fr- we have uh, people from France. We have Croatians. We have Serbians. We have Poles. None of these people speak the same language. And they're all fighting the Russians 
battle, essentially. So in September of 1788, um, the Habsburg monarchy and the Ottomans were fighting over the um, Danube River. Is that how you pronounce it? Danube. The Danube River, which is the river that goes through the most countries in the world. It's not the longest river, but it goes through the most countries. Um, And it is famously through every empire. There's always some shit with that river. Like they're always trying to conquer it. They're always Mm. that's that was like the edge of the Roman Empire. Like Mm. they never were able to get over it. Like it's a big point of contention kind of river. So they were fighting over who would have control over that river. And um, on on the night of September 17th, um, the Austrian cavalrymen are scouting for Ottomans on the river and when they they come across a camp of travelers, just random people, and they're partying, it's like kind of a you know a Coachella vibe. <laughs> they're doing drugs. No, as as far as we know, they're drinking schnapps. That's what they're doing. Oh. And they offer the soldiers something to drink, and they're like, "Fuck it, why not?" There's no like they've been scouting all night. They couldn't find any Turks. So they're like, "Let's get drunk." We're at war. <laughs> this shit sucks. So they get drunk um, and uh, basically begin what can only be described as a bender. They're really like they're fucked up. And they're so fucked up that um, when a group of int- infantrymen from their same side of the war come be like, hey, we noticed you guys are drinking a bunch. Can we join? They're like, actually, we're cavalry and you guys are infantry. And that's just like kind of we can't be seen with you. So, no, you can't stay with us. <laughs> literally. Um, and the infantry men were like, that sucks. So they get into this big brawl and shots are fired. Wow. And so from across the river, their camp of the majority of their army, hears shots being fired oh. and they think it's the Turks. No. And they're like, oh, my God, we've been waiting for the Turks to come uh, infiltrate uh, this town. What is it called again? (laughs) Uh, Karen Sebis. We've been waiting for them. And there they are. They're shooting at the people who are faithfully out there scouting, as they told us they would. So they get ready for the Turks to arrive. And they start shouting, Turks, Turks, Turks. Um, because and Caicos, yeah, because uh, you know, whatever. They're like basically just being. They're that's their battle cry, you know. Yeah. They're like, "Come get us!" Essentially, um, and so, <laughs> and they're completely unaware um of the festivities that had been happening. They had no idea that like mm-hmm. there might possibly just be a drunken brawl. So the drunken brawl halts. They and they hear their army shouting Turks, Turks, Turks across the river. Mm. So like, oh no, the Turks are invading across the river. We should go back and help them because this is clearly a cry for our assistance. Mm. So they go back across the river and the sober people already in the town see a horde of men crossing the river and they think it's the Turks that they just heard shooting. Mm. (laughs) The look in your eyes. (laughs) So <laughs> they think it's the Turks. Um, so they start shooting at their own drunk soldiers. Oh. The drunk soldiers being shot at think the Turks have already taken over the town. So they start shooting back. Oh, no. A, somebody figures out what has happened and they yell stop. The German word for stop is halt. People mishear that as um, the Turkish battle cry of Allah Okay. Apparently. 
And so that that only um, makes it worse. They like it confirms to them that they're they're fighting each other. Um, so essentially, the sober people who thought the Turks had come from across the river, the drunken people who thought the Turks were already in the town, slaughter each other. <laughs> uh. They absolutely murder each other, um, and thousands of these. Um, Austrian and, you know, many other ethnicities, but um, Austrian-ruled soldiers are dead and wounded and rendered pretty much useless um, with an impending Turkish uh, invasion. Like, the reason they were on such high alert is because they know the Turks are coming. So they know that, that, that that's happening very soon. No later than two days... The Turkish arrive and the battle had already been won for them. Like these, these soldiers cannot defend themselves. They're left completely vulnerable. Um, and they very easily take over um, Karen Sebis without lifting a, basically a goddamn finger. They didn't have to fight at all. They were like, okay, well, this is ours. You know, that gif of that little girl yeah. on the plane being like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Ottomans did essentially. Um and yeah, and then Joseph II died a year and a half later, essentially. And in that same year, uh, all those revolutions happened. And ultimately, none of these empires are still ruling empires. Unfortunately. <laughs> but um, really embarrassing. It's disputed whether this actually happened or not, because apparently it wasn't recorded in history until 40 years after the fact. Huh. But historians, a few of them, um, claim that it's because it's so embarrassing, embarrassing. that they, it's been disputed. Wow. Um, but it's like widely enough accepted as having happened that there's like a lot of um, accounts of it, you know. So, wow. so that's um, basically. I think one of the more embarrassing things to ever happen. My sources being um, Wikipedia, <laughs> classic. Do donate. Um, and an article called "The Battle of Karen Sebis when Austria when Austria when the Austrian army fought and defeated itself thanks to alcohol um, by uh, the author Katie Serena on allthingsinteresting.com. Amazing. And I watched a couple YouTube videos, but I'm not going to credit them because they all said exactly the same thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that story about you know just kind of um, self destruction and. Um, mm. European monarchies kind of being dumbasses. And yeah, do you have any takeaways from that? Moral of the story. Um, just that it reminded me of a similar experience in the first grade, but I was more like the Turks and less like the Austrians. So. <laughs> Wait, tell me. Um, there were these two girls that I wanted both of them to be my friends and they both didn't like each other. So I took it upon myself during recess to go up to one girl, we'll call her A, and the other girl was B. And I went up to A and said, just so you know, oh my God, <laughs> B said this about you. And she was like, oh my God, what? And then I went up to B at a different part of recess and said, just so you know, a said this about you. Oh, my God. And it made both of them hate each other, but love me. So in the end, I got two friends um, and they got none. So. But you're not friends with them to this day, are you? No, I don't even remember what their names are <laughs> or what they looked like. Hmm, interesting. But I think I would be good 
in an army. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't join the army, but I think I'd be a good soldier. I'm pretty sneaky that way. <laughs> I could really drum up that shit. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. My theory is that that camp were um, the Ottomans being like, come drink schnapps with us. Oh, I mean, maybe. So maybe that's, I, don't, I mean, that's, I hope at least like some of the like, I'm sure there were like gay guys. I have some of them like fucked before they got slaughtered. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, of course they did. Uh, just like passing syphilis around. <laughs> is that oh, what you want God. for them? Well, you know, before you die. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Okay. And Catherine the Great was just at home being like... Catherine the Great was truly just like smoking cigarettes, laying in a like painting chair. And like a 17-year-old boy eating her out. (laughs) She's like 53. This is truly 100% her battle that these like Austrians were fighting for no reason. Girl boss. I mean, yeah. Girl boss. It is very feminist. You know, who needs Gloria Steinem when you have Catherine the Great? To have Catherine the Great. And... We, I mean, there's so many stories to get into with Catherine the Great I in general. Her. Killed her own husband, so she yeah. became empress. Yeah, icon, bitch, icon. Um, but you icon know, eek also, Russian history is a complicated one, as they all are. It is. So I'm not going to actually praise Catherine the Great, but that one move was um, either, iconic. Maybe I'll talk about my own love of Russian history on a later episode because I have so many stories. You should. Russian history is fascinating. Truly fascinating. Yeah. I only really fell down this rabbit hole because I was looking into um, just like the general relationship with between uh, like I was looking into the whole like Marie Antoinette family and the relationship between J- Joseph II and Catherine the Great was really interesting to me because mm. it was fully like he was her little puppet because he was in he knew he was in such a vulnerable position uh, and he couldn't like he, he couldn't handle Russia also hating him you know or at least so it has been explained to me they through cannot what hate me also they don't <laughs> like that's how exactly. they all talk that is that's how they all talk they speak English but with that accent with that accent yeah yeah so yeah. My main lesson there is um, don't bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, I guess my main lesson is um, don't get drunk in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, this was an episode of cautionary tales of substance abuse, really. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, call your sponsor. Call your sponsor. Um, What was that last episode? Party, but go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Party, but go to the doctor. This episode is call your sponsor, you know. That's um, what they're there for. Yeah. Don't marry your psychiatrist. Um, and just like if you can help it, don't be in the like whole Marie Antoinette family. Yeah. Seems like they all fucked up a lot. And if you know a girl with a name like <laughs> don't let her ex-boyfriend <laughs> finger you. Okay. That's it. That's the episode. We love you. We Bye. love you. If you have any listener mistakes, email them to bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Follow us at bestmistakespod on everything. Um, And we love you. Go out there and make some mistakes and learn your lessons and then tell us about them. Bezos. See you next week.